Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Toughness and Body Show. My name is Rob Evans, and I'm your weight loss coach, health strategist, and internationally published author, helping take your life, your business, your health, fitness, mindset, and body from where you are right now to where it is that you want to be. And I've got a fantastic guest with us today, Heather Joy Bassett, who is becoming a regular on the Mental Toughness and Body Show now. It's great to have you back, Heather. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. That's fantastic. Now, Heather is a world champion lacrosse player. She's also a business and life strategist. And uh, we are going to jump into a really juicy topic today, which um, can be really trying. So I want to talk to you about disempowering relationships, Heather, and I guess what they are, how they manifest in us, and um, perhaps how we can go about tackling, uh, dealing with them. So how do you feel about today's topic? Yeah, it's a juicy one, all right. <laughs> it is, you know, there's so many theories out there around um, letting go of people. Mm. And I know that there's that thing on the power of the five, the proximity of the five, that people you're around. And I had quite a journey with that because... I was living with family or family were living with me um, and some of them really struggling at times and I had so many people telling me that I had to get out I had to get out and it's like you know what this is my home doing it my way so part of my journey was how do I stay really centered really grounded in my truth regardless of what's going on in my proximity now that made it really challenging at times but that was the journey that I chose to take and part of my design is to harmonize so and part of my design is I feel responsible doesn't mean I am but I feel I feel that but then I also look at you know there are relationships where they suck the life out of us yeah without anything in return yeah and that's a very different one whereas it's with some loved ones who are struggling i know a lot of people who just walk away from that but i'm like oh for most of that i can't do but then there are some that i'm like okay you know i've made my peace with that i've done i've done my forgiveness i've explored it i put out olive branches and then it's like okay you know where do we draw the line in the sand mm. and but if i also look through the filter which you know i love to do of human design we can actually overlay people's charts and when we overlay the charts it shows up oh with this person there's work to be done so we're going to work together in some way. With this person, there's nowhere to go. Now, when I read that one, it's made so much sense of so many relationships. You get locked in because they almost complete each other. And then if you're not very aware, they become codependencies. They, they can be called narcissistic. They can be called a whole lot of things. But it literally is the energetic mechanics that just lock people in. And then when we're not aware, we bounce off what's called our not self themes and they just pull out your 
the crap out of you and you pull out the crap out of them. And it's not even at a, at a mind level. It's just in the mechanics of the different designs of people. So when I look through that filter, it becomes quite different. Whereas you lay some other ones on, it's like, oh, here to have some fun. Uh, another one is like, uh, best you have space. And again, it's not even the stories we create. It's not the emotions. It's just, it's just two designs who happen to meet. Um, and then those pieces of the puzzles just mechanically work in some way or don't work. And looking at it through that, it takes a lot of cause and effect out. Oh, this happens because of this, and they said, and they said, and they did. And it's like, it doesn't matter about any of that. It just, it just is. And I guess the way that we, um, I kind of see this in, on a couple of different levels, because you've got your intimate relationship, you've got your, I'll just say extended family type relationships, and then you've got you know, say like work colleagues, business relationships and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then uh, you might have social media acquaintances and whatever that all of these things can have disempowering effects on you. Yeah. But maybe if we, we jump into the hardest one, which is really the like the intimate relationship, because there's so much more emotion tied yeah. up with that, because if, uh, if it's just a business relationship, something that's said in one context can be just cut so much deeper if it's in that that intimate relationship so i suppose just talking about what you were you were just talking about there you've got different human designs and so forth but um you know you've chosen to to be together and i would like to i know that most people uh, now i think you've got a one in two or what is it a one in i think it's 70 percent chance if you get married now in australia since covid you're going to get divorced you've got a 70 percent chance of getting divorced but my fear feeling is that most people don't work at it. They just, there's a problem. They walk away because it's just easy to do that. Uh, so when it comes to those intimate relationships, how do we, how do we work on whether you've got different human designs or in, I'm talking your language and not necessarily <laughs> always understanding it, yeah. uh, but how do we make that work? I know we're not strong communicators naturally, but what's your perspective? Yeah. So um, one of my what's called not self themes is to avoid confrontation in the truth. And of course, if I avoid confrontation in the truth, then I'm not sharing what is deeply important to me. And there are many of us who avoid confrontation and the truth because we think things are going to be worse if we do that. Yes. So we shove it down inside and we shove it down inside. And um, a very um, senior medical um, doctor that I was talking with in India, she'd gone through where she actually spoke that truth and she had carried this stuff inside of her for years and years and years, I think two decades, if not almost three decades. And then she said, and when she spoke to her husband, so much fear and trepidation about if she did, and then she said it was like he was just waiting for that. He was just waiting for her to say it all. Yeah. And then all these stories and all this stuff that was stopping them from deeply connecting, she's like, it was just gone. It just dissolved. She's like, we are having better sex, a deeper relationship, more fun than we've ever had. 
So sometimes we create these stories about why we can't do something. And I know mine was like, yeah, but the consequences. Yeah, but what about the consequences? The consequences if I do this and what about the consequences? And one of my coaches, this is quite a few years ago, was like, geez, I've never heard the word consequences spoken in my whole life as many times as you've spoken it here. And I had so much fear and trepidation about saying, I'm really, really unhappy and I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And the only time I would say it was when I got drunk. Okay. And then everyone around me would say, you're really ugly when you're drunk. It's not true. It's just the alcohol talking. Mm. And I would be almost like, no, this is my truth. This is my truth. I can only say it, you know, when I've had like... The courage, yeah. Yeah, because all the filters go away. But the reality, I was so deeply unhappy on so many levels. And yet life looked peachy from the outside. Yeah. And that the vulnerability and the courage that it takes to go, whoa, this isn't working. And until we do that, there's no opportunity for someone else to respond. So things just loop around in a head and can't go, I can't go anywhere. So it is that courage to either let go of things that we're holding on to for too long or to actually speak, to look at, am I avoiding confrontation and truth? And I would dare say most of the people listening to you, most of the people on that health and business journey, there's a huge amount who avoid confrontation and the truth and hold on for things too long and think about things that don't matter yeah. and the crazy thing is all of those things we only do when we're not being who we're designed to be yeah yeah um yeah that's really a really powerful insight so i, I think you're right um you've just got to uh I, I think about my my personal uh journey through relationships and so i was um with my ex-wife for for 20 years and uh, I think for many years, because when you start off, I mean, we met when I was, oh gosh, what was I? I was 27 when we got married and she was my second girlfriend. And I had no idea how all of that stuff was supposed to work. I just thought, doesn't it just, it's me and then there's her and it's like, you love me, I love you. It's just, oh, it always just works from that point on. Um, but no, it doesn't. And uh, I used to, for probably years, just... If something hit me here, you know, like I'm pointing to my heart here. Yes. I do have one. Um, you do. It's a very I, I big one. Oh, thank you. I would, I would just let it build up and manifest inside me and it would feel horrible. And then something small would happen. And then it's like, you always do that, you know. And by the way, you, you squeeze the toothpaste in the wrong part of the tube. You never put your clothes away and you know, sounding like a crotchety old woman. And um i thought <laughs> uh yeah and it just didn't feel good and then i realized well what i was doing was just making up all these stories in my head about um you know if i said this what would happen and uh i guess i was going back to that inner child of me that was bullied as a kid and thinking well if i say this uh you know that's not going to feel good and uh, what are the consequences of doing that um but that doesn't serve you in the long run so no it absolutely um 
it absolutely does not serve and it shows up as dis-ease in our body. It shows up as dis-ease in our mind. And for me, I remember the when my this guy asked me to get married. We're sitting on the back porch. It was a beautiful day. Just this guy. This, this, this guy. guy. Well, I could call him my first husband, but I've never right. had a second one. So I'm like, what do I call him? <laughs> um, so anyway, this very, very beautiful, beautiful human. And, you know, he got down on bended knee and he said, I'm waiting. I was waiting until you were happy before I asked you, but I don't know when you ever will be happy. Will you marry me? Yeah, I mean, right. that is not the way it's supposed to be. And I look back and I was so torn because the tears and the unhappiness and the more tears was because I knew I wasn't meant to marry this person. I was caught up in this illusion of, of this, you know, get married, have kids. I love this guy. You know, he walked into my life. Our energies met across the room. It was like, boom. It was that love at first sight. But what I realized is that huge, deep connection um, is just part of who I am. Mm. Connection is my highest strength. So I deeply connect to people. And that doesn't mean they're even connected to me. But I'm deeply connected. I'm invested. And so here I was planning this, this wedding and having this beautiful dress that I made with my, with my aunt and it was a replica of my great grandmother's. And, you know, my, my grandparents had been married for 70 odd years. My parents now have been together 72. And I'm like, so I'm on this, I'm on this fast track of married and babies and things. And there was a huge part of me that was knowing that wrong was wrong, but I never could speak it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I want this marriage and the white picket fence and the kids that, um, and then, yeah, so we got married and of course that sadness and that guilt and that, that uncertainty that was there all along just compounded. And then when it came to, you know, people say you, you won't work, don't work on it. The thing was when it came to having, having counseling and things, it was like, there was nothing to work on. I had left the building long before the door was shut. And again, in that space, it put me into a space of responding instead of initiating. And of course, I, if I respond, then I'm just a mess because I'm not designed to do that. So when I, when I look back, but it, it took me, um, it took me nearly 40 years for that real clarity of going, yeah, of course I was so sad. I was going down a path that my, you know, 90, probably 9% of me was going, stop, don't do this. And then the amount of people who get, who get together and then are going, I, I don't really, this is not even where I'm supposed to be, but then the societal and the parents and we want to please everyone around, again, don't want to have the consequences. We end up down a path, whereas the next deep relationship was many, many years later. And that was the father of my children. And again, I thought, you know, oh, the white picket fence, the kids. And again, it was really traumatic for me. But I realized much sooner, I learned a little faster. We came together to have two exquisite children. 
they are beautiful, beautiful humans. I have two grandchildren, but I was not meant to journey any further with that person. Yeah. We literally got together for that, that we make up these fairy tales, this, the parents and the, the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles and all the friends. No, no, you're really good together. And no, you're this and this. And it's like rubbish, rubbish. I, I, there are people who are absolutely, and again, if we look through human design, who are designed to be together. And then there's a whole bunch of people who were designed to come and journey together and to experience something together and with love and compassion and forgiveness, say thank you and then move on. So, so I have a bit of a difference of opinion around, you know, that people don't work, mm. you know, aren't willing to work on things. But again, how you, by my third relationship re recently, um, we split up and we had to have a divorce because we'd been together long enough, even though we, we weren't married. And that, it was like, how do, with love and compassion, we both win here and not make lawyers rich. And so again, with that experience, very different. And I recently went and stayed there and we had a beautiful time of really deep connection without that pressure of like, oh, you know, we're an item or, or we meant to be together. Yeah. So I, I know obviously there are many different ways of looking at this, but I'm interested in your perspective here, which might be really powerful for some people listening what are the so you mentioned there about there are some people that are just made to you know to, to be together and some that aren't so just i guess in in your language that people can understand how do you um what are the matches where you would say okay well this person with this so obviously we're talking about qualities characteristics mm. um design features whatever yeah. uh, but you think okay these people do really work well together yeah. so looking at it from a different perspective of okay like i said before there's two people and um well my observation is that people tend to give up too yes. too early and they don't work on it um, yeah. i guess this is looking at it from a, um, a different angle and saying yeah. okay well this type of person is going to be you know really good for this type of person so yeah yeah I, lo I love that and again you know they're definitely it's not like I don't work on things. Trust me, I, I, I work on things. Um, and at the same time, you know, what are the bits that we're working on? But if I, again, look through the filter of, of human design, there are things called the gates of sexuality. Now, if you have someone who has the gates of sexuality, is designed to flirt, is designed to be very sexual, which is pretty much 70% of the world, um, and maybe more, maybe less, but we'll just play with that number. Then if you, if you get together with someone who is pretending to be very sexual and they're not, it ain't going to work mm. because it's like, well, and, and, you know, someone I had a relationship with, you know, we get together on that sexual energy, but it wasn't their deeper truth. And mm. then of course, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, and then again, there's a, um, if we look, there are people who need a lot of space, they need space, but then if you're someone with someone who has what's called like a double energy or triple split, you need to be around people. So again, without this really basic awareness of each other, then it's like, oh God, you know, like you're suffocating me and versus like, why are you so distant? And then it has nothing to do with each person. Like it is each person 
who's just like, oh, you know, I'm really sexual. Oh, you're not really sexual. Oh, I need a lot of space. Oh, you don't. I'm a hermit. I spend most of my time alone. I'll come out when you invite me. Oh, okay. Well, I need to really be around someone who's really, you know, who's around me a lot. So there's some really basic compatibilities that is almost the non-negotiables. And when we're in that lovey-dovey thing, we don't even look at that. We're like, we bypass just the fundamentals. Yeah, don't go so well. Still work though. If you have the, let's just say that you've got the person that is, so this is me, right? So you've got the, and this is my last relationship actually. So somebody that really, I'm going to say needy, but that's probably a bit rude, but you know, somebody that wants constant, um, sort of attention and the person yep. that like me I'm deeply loving and um, you know very loyal but I also need my space to yep. recover and do all that kind of stuff yep. if you have a clear understanding on both sides so well I understand over here what you need and if you understand what I need you can still come together and still be really good mm. it's not like okay two people yep. that are, am I oh. interpreting that right yeah, absolutely. Opposites, you know, opposites attract. We know that with, with, with magnets. So there, there is that. Um, and the big thing that allows it to work is the awareness and yeah. the consciousness and the open communication to go, um, you know, I love you and I'm going off to do this crazy adventure and the other person knows oh you're a wanderer you're going to go and do that and I know you're going to come back home Mm. whereas um if we don't have that understanding there again that that someone who needs so so someone that I love dearly um they have a what's called a split energy center so they would often need my energy and I'd just be like oh you know I need my space and I didn't understand it, but when, when I actually saw their design and went, oh, okay, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with me, then they could come into my energy. And because acts of service is my love language, mm-hmm. then it began to work. Whereas without the awareness, it's like, oh, give me, you know, give me some space here. So there's some really fundamentals that all the story drops away. Um, like there's a thing called um, how we make a decision is, is sacral. And so I loved hearing this the other day. So the, the energy type of the generator, you put two generators together and one, and, and when they both make the decisions the same way, one will say, do you love me? And the other goes, uh-huh. That's all that needs to be said because they both understand how they make decisions. Yeah. Where if it's someone who is self-projected, they need to talk for half an hour. So if you know, uh, uh uh-huh, that means I love you deeply from the bottom of my socks to the top of my jocks and open my heart. (laughs) It's only a sound. But if you don't know that, you're like, oh, they're not even listening to me. You know, they don't, they never say that they love me. Um, And they have. In their way, it's just like, do you love me? Uh-huh. Do you love me? Uh-huh. That's it. That's all those people ever need. Mm. And that, But if you put one of those people with someone who makes their decisions very differently and asks the question very differently, it's like, you know, what's wrong with them? They never talk. And I'm like, yes. 
yeah so so just those really basic understandings of of the dynamics of the energy of someone then all the stories just go it's like ah you see through a different filter and you go ah okay and even in motivation I used to think um I have a, a one of one of my loved ones and I'm like oh my god I can never meet their needs I can never meet their needs and then the crazy thing when I explored um, my design, I'm not here to meet anyone's needs. I'm here to help them face their fears. Mm. Whereas someone else is here to fulfill their needs. And I'm like, of course, of course I could never meet this person's needs. I'm not designed to. And when I try, God, it's a disaster. So I'm, I don't do it anymore. I don't try and I guess the the really tough thing here is, uh, I mean, I'm learning every day. I mean, I've got two teenage daughters. I mean, they, taught, they keep you grounded and realize when I thought I was becoming a good communicator, what a horrible communicator I am sometimes. But um, the more I learn about women and teenage girls is that um, certainly as a man, I can say that uh, we always tend to think we're right. And that if something doesn't agree inside somewhere that it's wrong, uh, but men and women are just different and that doesn't make us right or women wrong uh, or vice versa. Um, and when it comes to relationships, I think sometimes on what you were just talking about is, you know, one person, I need the space. Somebody needs constant connection. Um, I'm not right. They're not wrong. It's just how you manage I think the, I don't know, the gap, the expectation, the difference. And mm -hmm. from what I see is there's um, a lot of that can turn into disempowering ah. behavior because we don't follow Nike and we don't just do yeah. it yeah. and we don't just talk about stuff and it just manifests inside us to become something bigger. And then we just seem, we tend to, to leave. Um, yeah. And I know we're talking a lot about, uh, you know, those intimate relationships here, but I mean, the, you can have a toxic or disempowering business relationship, but you can oh. still get on with your life. But if your intimate relationship is screwed, then everything is yeah. completely, completely screwed. I'm, I'm totally on board with that because the, the stuff that played out for a couple of decades was because I was avoiding confrontation and truth and I was holding on to things that, didn't matter and I thinking about things that don't matter holding on to things for too long and I wasn't willing to face my fears mm. and the big thing is you know we often think a lot of people think facing those fears they they're here to do alone and um, you know I had support to face those fears and it may again I'm designed to help people face those fears it's like you know what if I leave what if this doesn't work yeah. How am I going to survive emotionally? How, what's going to happen to my kids? The fear of, of what would happen to my children, um, of how, you know, what if their father took them away? Like the, the stories that I created um, and burdened myself with and early on my kids with were just ludicrous when I look back. And that very difference, I mean, even goes beyond sexuality and beyond gender to to simply the design that we are that I know um you know I know different genders who have connection like I can join every single dot of everything that happened in my life 
whereas I have loved ones who see everything in a tiny little box and they are not designed to link. And I'm like, how can you not see that leads to that, to that, to that, to that? Yeah. And again, they're designed to compartmentalize and that is their perfection. And then when we see the uniqueness of that person through the lens without the story and out the emotion of like, ah, so you, you literally see the world in boxes. You tick the boxes. You're here to be satisfied. Ah, you see the world. You need a da 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 Oh, and you do the da 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 And we look from that curiosity and wonder of the extraordinary uniqueness of the person behind, but before us, beside us, then it's very different. But most of our ref reference points are, you know, how mum and dad did it, um, yeah. that childhood experience, grandma and grandpa's conditioning, mum and dad's, the aunts and uncles, and especially like in India or Asian countries, like the, the conditioning of what is accepted and what is okay um, and how it should be versus the reality of the experience of the people. Like it's just crazy when you start to unpack it and go, there's no way on earth. You know, I, I, I should be having a business model this way or I should be having a relationship that way. Um, yeah, there, there are so many answers that when you see them are so simple. And again, even Rob, you knowing that, okay, I love someone deeply, your, your heart is massive um, and you need that space time and you're very process driven and you're very organized and you plan. Now, for me, I, I'm the opposite extreme of that. And then having people around me, they're like, how do you, how do you even do what you do, Heather? And I'm like, yeah, I can't ever do it your way. And I love that your way works. I love that you're planned. I love that you're processed. I love that you have all that structure. Just don't put it on me. Mm. because when you put that on me it's like a ball and a chain around my neck yeah so if we understand if we understand um the other person now i can be around those process people as long as they you know don't try to make me do that they mm. can do that for me yeah um but not make me do that and that's what happens as soon as you know, get into a relationship, we start we start to sort of immerse ourselves and and in some ways, at times compromise compromise who we are without even realizing it because we want to please the other person because we love them, and yeah. so those boundaries that we have, those things that we never would do, and the things that we're never going to do, we sort of like hang, like suddenly like well, I'm doing this. You know, I'm eating foods that I normally don't eat or a lot of people, you know, oh, I'm eating cheese and wine after dinner. We ne I never did that on my own. Mm. Um, and just lots of little changes that over time just compound and then you sort of look in the mirror Yes. for your international global audience.